all going to Zion. Worship, join us. As we continue to worship and bless his name today. Save a wretch like you and me. 
went to Calvary to save a wretch like you and me that's love. Let us prepare our hearts for prayer. Mighty God, we just thank you. For how great is your love towards us. That you died on the cross for our sins and paid the penalty for our sins. We thank you, Lord, that you set us free by defeating death that we have victory. That now we know eternal life. We know the joy of fellowship with you. And so, Father, as we gather together, Lord, together in this place and our homes and where we might be listening and watching. Father, we invite you into our hearts to be our Lord, to be our King. We surrender right now to you right now, mighty Father. And so, Father, we pray that you enlighten us with your word as we open our hearts to receive your word that we have is hidden in our heart that we might not sin against you, that we might live a life that shows our discipleship is true to you. So, Father, Lord, have thine own way here in this place, in our hearts. In Jesus' great name, Lord, we pray. Amen. As we prepare to hear God's word, amen, we welcome Pastor Price to come to read our gospel text, coming from the gospel of Mark, chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. Thank 
Amen, church. Amen. Scripture reading will come from the Gospel according to Mark, as Pastor said, chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. Pastor, we'll be preaching about without limits. Your past is not your future. Amen. I'll be reading from the uh, NIV, starting at verse 1 of chapter 6. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked. What's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Or are his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his own relatives, and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Amen. Come on, congregation, y'all can sing that. That's love. That's love. Let's go ahead and tell them that's not how the story is. Three days later. Jesus went. house of the Lord, worship with the brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for joining us there on YouTube, Facebook, and Zion's website. Uh, thank you for our music ministry and all of our ushers, nurses, and pastors and deacons here serving. And to all my brothers and sisters in Christ, it's truly good uh, to be in the house of the Lord together. As we look into our text today, as we look into this, want to talk about no limits, uh, without limits. Uh, your past is not your future. Want to talk about how the world will label you and judge you based on past behaviors and characteristics and stereotypes. Some are valid and some are just simply made up to dehumanize, to denigrate another person. The problems with these labels is that they are limited and oftentimes generalized and put everybody in the same group. But yet I want to highlight that we're not careful about hearing these stereotypes, 
receiving these labels, that we might become victim of what we call the self-fulfilling prophecy. The self-fulfilling prophecy process through which an originally false ex ex expectation leads to its own confirmation. In a self-fulfilling prophecy, an individual's expectations about another person or entity eventually results in it becoming true because through their actions, they confirm these behaviors. Do not allow false and limited ideas and stereotypes limit you in your ability. When someone can tell you long enough, you are dumb enough, you're stupid, you're not good enough, pretty soon you're going to believe them and prove them right. That's the self-fulfilling prophecy. You should not give in to somebody telling you what you can't do, but look to a God that can tell you what you can do. Know your value and your purpose. God's love for you is that great for you that he's called you to greatness. You were created to worship him. You were created by the great and mighty God who is worthy of all the glory and praise. So let me highlight again. You were created for greatness. Since you were created to worship him, you were created by a great and mighty God. So if he's great and mighty, then you were created for greatness. You were created to worship him and to honor him. And part of worshiping God is serving him and doing what he calls us to do, not being hankered down, labeled down, and constrained by what people tell you what you cannot do, but do what God has called you to do. So when you are doing what you are created to do, then there's a sense of purpose. There's a sense of joy. There's a sense of value because you are doing what you were meant to do. Anybody ever been there in that sweet spot where you start doing something that you enjoy doing and it helps you feel good in that process? The same way that same spot we feel where we are worshiping God and come to spend in his presence and we feel that joy and we feel that peace because we're right where we should be. But be careful that just as you are reaching your point of success, you're reaching your point of healing and growth. There's going to be other people trying to come to be your detractors, your uh, opposition, those who doubt you and don't believe in you. And, and how we used to say it back when growing up, haters always hate. But yet do not allow them to limit you because of their limited understanding, their limited mind, their limited vision cannot hinder what God is going to do in you. So look at this about God's authority, how it can give you permission to do great things. Jesus is moving in the authority of God the Father, and it gives him permission to preach and teach. Here's the situation how it gives him permission to preach and teach. Notice it's on the Sabbath. He goes to the synagogue. They go to the synagogue to hear the priests and the Pharisees and the Sadducees teach. But yet they have a carpenter holding court. They have a carpenter teaching them with power and authority. And they say, this person is not qualified. This person does not have the credentials. This person should not be where they are. But what they cannot take away from him is that he is preaching with power, preaching with authority. And yet there's evidence of his value of the miracles that he has done. And so they question Jesus, how does he know all of this stuff where we know him? Here's a situation I want to encourage you to understand. That just because somebody knows you does not mean they know you. See, they, they know Jesus to be the son of a carpenter. They know him to be a carpenter, but they don't know him to be the son of God. 
They don't know him to be the great I am. They don't know him to be the king of kings and the Lord of lords. People may know a little bit about you, but they don't know everything about you. Don't, don't allow someone's perception of you be your definition of you. They're limited. They don't see the full picture, and they're based on past experiences. They don't know what God has for you in the future. People doubt your abilities for many different reasons because they don't like your education. They don't believe the school you came from is a good place to gain higher education. You came from a bad school district or you graduated from a bad college or your degree is not good enough for my standards for you to know what you're doing. They just think you're not good enough just because you're not good enough because they have no reason. Y'all know those people. They can't tell you why. They say you're just not good enough. They have no reason, no basis, just because they don't like you, you're not good enough. Then also you have those who are just jealous. Just because you have something that they do not have, they want to discredit you because you have something that they do not have. You got that promotion. You got that job. You moved into that house. You moved into that neighborhood. You married their, their, their high school crush. Watch out, somebody. They are upset with you because you have just what they want. But don't get caught up with the haters. Don't get caught up with the doubters and the naysayers because they want you to hear their voice. They want you to respond to them. They want to stop you from moving forward so then that they can say, see, I told you you were never good enough. They want to walk in a self-fulfilling prophecy because they have been weighed down with doubt and hatred and animosity. But I'm encouraging you to walk in the power of God. Jesus is on his kingdom assignment. Jesus is not looking to please people necessarily, but to preach and teach the word of God, and that will please people. Y'all see how that works out? By him just doing what God has called him to do, he's bringing joy to people's lives, but he can't bring joy to people's lives by doing what they want. Because doing what they want does not bring glory to God. Be mindful that people will tell you what they think you should do, but first you need to line up this, what does the word of God call me to do? Have I spent praying about this situation? Have I spent some time with him and made sure that I am really about my father's business? Jesus is working to see the kingdom proclaimed and preached and taught and also bring forth healing. But yet those who are not receiving his message are those who are offended for whatever reasons and they reject not only Jesus, but they reject his message. And you know what happens by when they reject Jesus and they reject the message, they reject God, the Father. Sometimes how we hear the saying, right, I'm only the messenger, don't kill the messenger. But this time the messenger is the message. He, he is not only teaching himself, he's showing himself. He's proclaiming to them, not only am I the subject matter, but I'm the teacher of the subject matter. He is pointing to them and they are rejecting him, but yet through his compassion and his love, he still teaches them. So Jesus just demonstrated his power earlier in Capernaum. Now that you know, it says he's in his hometown. His hometown is Nazareth. He's been doing mighty works. And just in the fifth chapter of Mark, uh, it records of him coming to the other side. And there was a man we know as Jairus who asked Jesus to see his daughter. This is one of my favorite because while Jesus is on his way to go see Jairus' daughter, you know what happens, right? There's a woman with an issue of blood that simply says, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. And we understand that how he stops the whole procession to find out who taught me, who touched me. His disciples tell him, like, Lord, there's a whole lot of people around. A whole lot of people are touching you. 
But yet, the, but the, this one person's faith drew power from him, and he had to acknowledge this woman who was crumpled and hurt for 12 years that now has been healed. And so now he has had a pit stop on his way to go see an ill daughter. By the time he gets there, they tell him, no need to bother. You wasted your time. She's dead. He says, all right, all y'all get out. Mom and dad, y'all come with me and three disciples. Y'all not ready for this. And he goes in and he says, tell her to come. And he says, get up, little girl. And she rises up and he says, feed her. And so he does this great work while he, just as he got off the boat, they came to him saying, Master, I believe you can do something. They, they did not see him as a carpenter. They did not see him as a limitation. So they saw him as a healer, as a prophet, as a teacher. And because of their faith, they got to see miraculous things happen in the presence of Jesus. His fame is spread. But I'm going to encourage you, as your fame spreads, as your success grows, don't let it go to your head. Jesus is not allowing his fame to define him. He's still about kingdom purpose. Knowing that as God grows you and your success grows and your influence grows, so do your detractors. So do your enemies, just as much as your amires. We know how good it works in social media. You can have a big follower, as big as your followers are, the more detractors get on it. They will come in and knock you down. That's, that's how we come up with that terminology, what trolls, right? They'll find a way to get on somebody's page to put all kind of disparaging marks on about them, tell you how much they don't like this, they don't like that, just because they just like to get feedback. And so how do what people do? They just block them, block, block, block. Same thing in real life. You just need to block them. Don't pay them no mind. Don't feed it. Don't give them the energy that they need to hurt you and hinder you. But you stay focused on the message. That's why some of the most successful posts that they don't respond to those comments. They post and they keep on going. They let their stands defend them. They let everybody else down to defend them. Say, no, you just doing this, doing that. They got this long stretch, right? Because somebody else is defending them. Here's the situation too. People are attacking our God. Jesus sitting on the throne. He said, I'll prove you who I am. What we need to do now is we need to go tell others about the gospel of Christ. We need to go and tell others the healing and the process to come. Don't allow detractors and doubters to limit you from being who God has called you to be. So notice that as he's rising, his fame is growing. Now he's coming back home, right? You, you know, to come back home should be a welcome, right? Should be a joy and an expectation. But instead, he has detractors there that don't believe who he is. But I want to encourage you, stay focused on how you got there. If you got to your place of success by trusting in God, believing in God, and following God, don't change because somebody else is trying to find you a shortcut. Keep on trusting in God. Jesus, as his routine, you're going to find out not only here in Mark, but after he goes, he still goes back into the synagogues on the Sabbath day and teaches, regardless of his distraction, regardless of his opposition, regardless of those who doubt him, he has not changed his mission. He's still going to preach and teach and heal. And we know this as we celebrate it on Resurrection Sunday, that even when he went to Jerusalem, he knew what they were going to do, but he told, tell that fox, I'm going to do this and that and the other, but on three days, I will accomplish my goal. We too must stay focused and do what God calls to do, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how difficult it gets, no matter how many people come against you, they are now greater than who is with you. So keep your focus on your original goals. Jesus did not let his fame change him. It did not change his practice. It did not even change him when he went back home. He did not change because he decided to stay exactly who God has called him to be. 
because he knew his goal, his purpose, coming down and, and clothed himself in flesh. Look at again, Mark 6, 1 and 2 says, Jesus left the, that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? And so here's a situation that how they're allowing his past predict who he is. Where did he get all this wisdom? We know him. So where did he get? Because he was not approved by us. Y'all know some people that it has to be approved by them before you do something, right? It's not valid until they make it valid. Either you already know it's good, but they got to see it for themselves. All right, go ahead and take a look. Is it good? All right, thank you, thank you, thank you. I knew that. But hey, yeah, all right, as long as you, you, you're satisfied. So here it is that they're like, how does he have so much wisdom? But yet, if they only knew, they're talking to the creator of the whole world. <laughs> if they only knew, the one that set the sun and the stars in place is right there in your prayer. But that's, again, the humility of our God, that he came down humbly to, in the image of a man in the form of a servant as a carpenter. Jesus was teaching with wisdom and power and authority. It's evident because they questioned it. They questioned, where did he get this wisdom and power? And so I'm going to encourage you that that's how you can find out how much haters like you. Just listen to what they say about you. You're not that smart. Oh, you think I'm smart. <laughs> <laughs> listen to what they're saying. If they're trying to trap you, that means that's what they see in you. Oh, you're not that good. Oh, you think I'm good. Right? I want you to grab it and try. Don't allow them to knock you down when they say stuff like that because oftentimes they're saying the opposite. They're trying to take away from what you do have. Oh, you're not that strong. Oh, but I'm strong enough. So I want you to understand here that they're attacking Jesus because they don't believe that he is smart enough, he's good enough, but yet we know he's more than enough. So they are impressed by Jesus, but not impressed because he does not meet their standards. Your past does not have to be your future. Just because somebody knows a little bit something about you, do not allow them to limit what you can do. Because look what it says in verse 3. It says they scoffed. He's just a carpenter. Notice this closely. They said he's just a carpenter. So this is one time in the gospel text that it suggests to us that Jesus did follow in his father's footsteps in being a carpenter. As the eldest son who oftentimes will take on the workmen of their father. So here it is. They knew him as a carpenter, son of a carpenter. Then they did not even stop there. They said, we know your family. We know Junior and Junebug and Pookie and them, right? He's pointing out to them, I know all these people. And they say, the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him because they believe they know him. I, I know you're not good enough. I, I know your trade. You were not a scholar. I didn't see you reading. I did not see you studying. I didn't see you go and be trained in the temple. You work with wood. Basically, basically saying stick to what you know. Stick at what you're good at. We, we live in a world now that some people try to limit you, but yet we've seen some people diversify, right? How could someone could be a lawyer, be an entrepreneur, be a business owner, right? So many people do we mean so many different things because we are, when we can expand beyond our understanding and our limits that people put on us, we can so I can do all things. So that's why we can see a lot of people now, we see a lot of entrepreneur business coming out because people are breaking those limits. The break. We, 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 are trained, we are training our children for jobs that are not even out there yet. Think about it for a moment. 
Did you, when you were growing up, did you ever think that you would be having an email? Right? Email did not exist. Now, think about how you used to look stuff up, right? You had a subscription to get you uh, books mailed to you so you could build up your encyclopedia library. You got kids wondering, why you got these old books in your house? <laughs> I just look up whatever I want on my phone. Tell me, what's the definition of this word? I, I teach my children, go look stuff up in the dictionary. They bypass the dictionary, so I can look it up right here on my phone. Why well, I need to open up a dictionary when I can just have something be translated for me, right? You can have, you don't know any have to learn a foreign language. We can speak into this. Hey, can you translate this for me? So we're living in a time now that is beyond our understanding, but we just stayed in the past. We'll still be hauling around typewriters. Think about that for a moment. But so now we can type on a tablet, on a phone, and send it through the, the internet and Wi-Fi or Bluetooth and have it printed out on a sheet of paper. How about that? We can send it across the world, across the nations, and now we have to use a stamp. And so now we understand that if we, can, if we can do this in our own understanding, what can God do? That's beyond our understanding, beyond our intellect, beyond our even imagination. What can God do? Well, let him show you. Say, God, here I am. <laughs> I make myself available for you. Show me how good you are. I surrender. And so Jesus is not limited in his understanding and his knowledge as they are. They discredit Jesus' teaching because they judge him by his past and his family, commenting how he is just a carpenter. They limit him because of his past profession. They're not seeing his current profession. We are aware of his current profession, right? Once he was baptized by John the Baptist, he began his public ministry. So just because they weren't privy to the transformation does not mean it did not happen. Just because they weren't there at the river when John, when John baptized them and heard God speak did not mean God did not speak. Yeah, y'all quiet on. There's some people out there because they didn't get the message, they don't believe. But you can let them know that you did not have to hear in order for it to be true. Think about a lot of things in your life that are true that nobody else heard. I think about this, that how do I know my name was Sam? My mom kept on calling me. She could have called me anything else. But she kept on calling me Sam. And I knew my full name when I got in trouble. Samuel T. And so I come to know because what my mother has called me. What I want to highlight here is that God has called you his son, his daughter. He's called you the great thing. Respond to God's call, not to somebody else's call. People call you all, all kind of names and call you outside of your names. I, I, I was getting teased at school, and so I made sure that I trained myself not to respond to every remark I thought that was directed at me. And so I got so good at it, people thought I couldn't hear. You didn't hear me calling? I didn't hear you say my name. When we mature and grow, we understand how we can, we can block those that are trying to take away from us and receive those who are building us up. Y'all know how call block works, right? Y'all block people on your phone all the time. I'm calling about your car insurance. Hang up. Let me block this number. You will not call back again. Calling you about you have been frauded and somebody has your social security number. Block. Yeah, social security did not call, so I know that's not real. And matter of fact, you call from my cousin's number. Y'all hear me, right? 
So you understand our people try to get just block, just block, just block. You're not going to interrupt and deceive me and take away from me. Let us be open to hear what God has for us. So their limit, the detractor's limit of knowledge and understanding is that they know Joseph. And Joseph is Jesus' earthly father. But they are not privy to the information to know that Jesus has a heavenly father. God the Father, and that he is God the Son. And so just as he was well-versed in his earthly father's business, he's also well-versed in his heavenly father's business. So they see him as just Jesus of Nazareth, the carpenter's son. But we know to fill the picture, and we see him as our resurrected Lord and Savior, future. In the past, they know him as a carpenter. Presently, they see him as an imitation prophet, and a teacher, but presently we know him to be the prophet, to be a priest, to be a king, and be our Lord and our redeemer. I want to encourage you to understand that people will try to limit you and, 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 and confine you, but they can't stop what God has for you. So Jesus points out to them that you know me as one thing. Let me, let me reintroduce myself. Mark 6, chapter, verse 4. Then Jesus told him, a prophet. Notice he did not say a carpenter. No, he did not say the son of Mary, the brother of James, Simon, and Jude. No, he says a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. Jesus shows us how to be confident in our calling. Jesus knows he is a prophet regardless of their claiming him to be only a carpenter. Jesus is confident in his identity and does not limit himself and his understanding of himself by their lack of faith and their inability to believe in the movement of God in his life. Matter of fact, because they could not believe in him, it limited what they could get from him. Mark 6, 5. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Doubt will limit people and keep and will keep you from getting to where you need to be. Remember we talk about the self-fulfilling prophecy. You continue to believe these false doctrines, these false teachings about yourself, you can make it come true. You can tell yourself, I'm going to get an F on this paper, and then you end up getting an F on the paper. Because you didn't study. You already told, well, I'm not going to pass it, so why try? We, we, we can follow ourselves to find out that we can truly change it by saying, if I think I'm going to get an A, I will study. I will change my presence. We think, then we do. And so if I can believe that God has called me to greater things, I'm going to do the things that he's called me to do. People miss out on their blessing by not believing in themselves, in others, and in God. you got to believe in yourself. Sometimes we have to believe in others, but most definitely we always got to believe in God. We believe in ourselves. Basically, our confidence will come because we believe who God made us to be. We doubt ourselves when we don't know who God's called us to be. But when we know who we're called to be, then we can believe in ourselves that God has given me everything I need to be sufficient. Faith in God will open up your eyes and see beyond the limits the world tries to push you. God shows us what is possible. Do not allow other people to put limits on you or walk and the power and the authority of God. See the greatness that God has for you, even when others will not see it. Remove labels, remove limits, remove detractors, 
block doubters. They are, they are judging you with limited knowledge and limited understanding. They do not know the plans that God has for you. They do not even see the future God has for you. God will reveal to you what he has for you when it's right for you to know. God can show you what he has for you because no one else can. So trust God more than you trust man. Stereotypes, labels, and doubters, detractors, and disbelievers will always tell you based on your past. But they can't see the future. They can go by past situations. And that's why many times we have those believers, right? You can't fly. Well, I believe I can fly. Now we're in the air. Got airplanes. You, you can't make an, an electric car. Electric cars out there on the road. We're seeing people doing things because you haven't done it in the past. Think it's not possible in the future. That's why we see constantly people trying to break records because they believe in themselves. That's why we see people pushing themselves and doing greater and better things now than we had in the past. So do not let their lack of vision limit your vision. Do what God has called you to do. Don't let them make you miss out what God has for you. Notice that Jesus was able to help a few, but those who did not want his help didn't get his help. Don't, don't allow others to help you miss out on what's good. The saying goes, right, how we try to teach our children, definitely in school, right, that it don't be in the wrong crowd because then they're going to cause you to miss out. Either you may not be a part of it, but don't allow yourself to be a part of them. And that's the same situation that we get around, some detractors and crabs in a barrel. What they do? They pull each other down. They're going to keep you down because if, they, if, you're not, if they're not going to succeed, they don't want to see you succeed. They don't want to see you do better. But then you have, might have one person that's in that place that might believe in you. And they might push you out because they realize you got a chance and you can make. I want to point out to you that God came to push you out because <laughs> you got a chance to get out of the darkness and come respond to his life. Your past is not your future. Let God show you what he has for you. You don't have to stay the way you are. Things can change. God can change you from the inside out. You don't have to stay in darkness. You don't have to stay in your trial, trial the tribulations of sin. Allow God to move you, transform you, and change you. And he will show you who you can be and walk you in that direction. And here's a beautiful thing about what our God, that he will, is, will never leave us nor forsake us. As he's growing us, he's going to continue to work with us, transform us, and change us. God wants you to reach your full potential. We see here that Jesus is doing his work, and they were trying to stop him. So if they're going to try to stop Jesus, you know they're going to try to stop you. And we're not as great as Jesus. But yet we serve a great God. They're called to do great things, and we ought to walk in that confidence. So learn to be content with what God has called you to be, because it's more than enough. Think about it. Don't try to be what somebody else says you should be, because it looks glamorous. It looks better. But be, be, be with content. What God has already given you. And watch this. That he will give you exactly what you need. Now, we may want greater things and finer things. That's all right. But I want to encourage you, don't allow that to be the only thing. But if you seek after God, you'll find out how he will bless you some things that you never thought you'd be able to get. Seek ye first the kingdom of righteousness. All these other things will be added on to you. And so, seek him. Depend on him. 
Trust him. God will bless us and help us. It may not be overnight success, but God surely will be with you through those sleepless nights, those darkest nights, those hurtful nights, knowing that surely joy will come in the morning. So don't, do not allow someone to labor you because of what they think about you, what they heard about you, or because of your family, or because of your past. But trust that God is always moving forward. God is the same today as he was yesterday and he will be tomorrow. So believe this, that our God is moving us closer to be more like him. So when he comes back, we will be fully changed to be like him. We're not, we're not where we should be, but thank God we're not where we used to be. So may we walk in the confidence, in the power, in the purpose of knowing that we can move without these limits and move forward our God. Let us pray. Mighty God, we just thank you that you have called us, that you are working in us and through us. And that, God, that you do not hinder us and nor do you label us, but you call us your children. And all who call on the name of your son as a Lord and Savior come to know you. So, Father, Lord, move in our hearts and our minds. The Lord, there might be someone who does not know Jesus as a Lord and say, Lord, I pray that they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins and that they may know the liberty and the power of walking in obedience according to your will. Father, thank you for blessing us here in this place. Thank you for your word. Now, God, as this is as first Sunday, as we prepare to eat of this bread and drink of this cup, Lord, we want to examine ourselves before you. Search our hearts, search our minds, oh God. So in unity and, and peace of mind, we can eat of this bread that represents your body and drink of this cup that represents your blood that you poured out for the remissions of sins. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. As this is first Sunday, as we design our tradition, we break bread and drink together. So those who may have your elements with you, you can go ahead and prepare. Jesus took of the bread, blessed the bread, and he broke the bread. He said, this is my body. He broke it for you. Let us eat together. Let us eat. Likewise, he took of the cup. He said, this represents my blood. He poured out for a missing sins. Drink ye all of it. Let us drink together. Text tells us they collected everything that none be lost in the exodus and the hymns. 
We're going to thank you for joining us right where you are. God bless you. May he keep you. And remember, Jesus loves you, and so do I. Until we meet again, God bless you. Let us pray. Mighty God, we thank you for what our eyes have seen, our ears have heard, and how we've been able to worship together. We thank you for the blessing of sweet communion with you, of eating of this bread and drinking of this cup. Now bless us, Lord, on our day, that we continue to bring glory and honor to you. Bless us, Lord, as we leave this place whenever from thy presence until we meet again. All God should say amen. 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 Thank you. God bless until we meet again.